When I win, she wins. When she wins, I win. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And we're excited for this episode today. We have Damon Sumner, who's a comedian, and he has a podcast with his wife called Summon Up with the Sumners. Um, so guys, hang in there for that interview because it's really, really a great conversation. He's like a great sort of storyteller. I feel like I could have like listened to him all day. Yeah. Plus, you got to go check out his album that came out, I Know Who I Am, um, yeah. which is really great. I listen to the whole thing and it's hilarious he's very he's a clean comic yeah yeah so it's it's very um it's unique to what i've heard in a while from comics mm, that's cool yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so before we get into our intro though because we want to share some updates mm-hmm. we want to talk about a couple of housekeeping things including a new sponsor to the podcast so we are really excited to be sponsored by better help BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Um, So you guys can give it a try and see if online therapy can help you like through what you're going through. I mean, the thing is, what's great about this is like we're obviously huge advocates of therapy. Mm -hmm. We talk about it literally all the time. (laughs) And I like this because BetterHelp offers a a way to find it without like sticking your neck out there in a very vulnerable way. Yes, it removes barriers. I can't tell you how many, I mean, so everyone that talks to me in my personal life about some problem, I'm always like, you should go to therapy. You go to therapy. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many people kind of go like, yeah, you know, I was I was seeing someone who was great, but then they moved or, so, or something like that, or they don't take my insurance anymore. And I like, or, or like I looked and I couldn't really find someone or, or whatever it is. And actually that's, that's something I've heard a lot recently is that people have had a hard time finding someone who's taking new patients mm-hmm. in their general area. And so like, you know, like BetterHelp's got a bunch of different therapists mm-hmm. that you can choose from. You can search for someone who has like a background or a specialty in what you're trying to focus on and it removes the barrier. So go there and do it. Yeah, I, I really like that you can, like you'll see the different therapists and ways that maybe you'll connect with them more too. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a great company and we again are really honored that they are sponsoring this podcast so if you guys want to get 10 percent off of your first month at BetterHelp, you're going to go to betterhelp.com slash hello goodbye so betterhelp b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p dot com slash hello goodbye so just remember there's no and so not hello and goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no code. You just use the slash hello goodbye. Yep. Get 10% off your first month. And we are really excited. We can't wait to hear how this works out for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We also have a Patreon, which is a way you can support the show directly. Patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. And that basically allows you to just sort of... Uh, 
have a, a monthly pledge that goes to the show, starts at $3. Um, we are later today recording some bonus content. We're going to be talking about Love is Blind, um, which my views on it changed. My views on a number of people changed, like, significantly from the last episode to the reunion episode um, yeah yeah so anyway so so that's coming up there's also other cool stuff discounts on merch and whatever and it's just a great way to um support us and allow us to keep doing the show yeah we i recorded a quick little um like how to start a podcast that's up there mm-hmm. we talk about the night of the fantasy suites, the bachelor. That's so true, we're just trying right. to get more content up for you guys. So you guys can connect with us more. Mm-hmm. Again, Jared said it's just as low as $3 a month. You can do a $10 a month tier. Um, and you do get 15% off of the merch. Yeah. So you join, you get that discount. You can also go to our website, www.hellongabypodcast.com slash shop. If you want to look at the merch too. Okay. Okay. All right. What's happening in your life? We haven't really talked. We really haven't. So, this is interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. So last week, I was telling you how I was, like, slaying these boundaries, right? I'm yeah. like, this is what I want. If you can't be a part of this, like, then you can't. And it still is that way. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I've, I think I've kind of hurt someone. Oh. So um, what the guy that I was kind of in the casual relationship with, and then I told him, hey, I'm not having the feelings anymore. Yep. And then he was like, that's okay. Like, I still, I can be patient. Like, I still want you in my life as a friend. Um, and I just realized that I wasn't in that place. I mean, it was a weird situation to me because we weren't friends beforehand. It's yeah. like, you know, we saw each other at the coffee shop, but then it's like one day we hung out and then we hung out another time and then we're on a date and then we're like, let's just be friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. And then he really wanted to continue the friendship and I felt pressure to have to do that when I really didn't feel like we had established a friendship beforehand. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's like 25, so he's like 10 years younger. And I don't know. I just, I started to feel like I didn't even want that. And yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I know. But. <laughs> okay. Um, so, he contacted me. I, I, I told, you know, I had called him. I'm like, hey, I need some space. He contacted me. He's like, hey, you want to go grab tacos, you know, in like at a certain point mm-hmm. and I just I I felt like I couldn't say no I didn't want to hurt his feelings plus I was already always I was all also thinking in my head like maybe I can talk myself into this like maybe I'm just I'm overthinking maybe it would help just to like hang out with them but then I was thinking like no I, I really don't want to so two days later I was like wait so you went and got tacos no we had made plans okay and two days later I was like I don't want to go and get tacos So I contacted him and I said, hey, I said, I am really sorry for saying that I wanted to get tacos. (laughs) I said, I'm just trying to be true to myself. And I think we had different expectations coming out of this. And I said, "Um, you know, I I wasn't expecting us for, for for us to remain friends. And, and I said, I'm really, Oh wow! I said, I'm really sorry if I misled you. Um, and obviously like, I really appreciate our time together. So now this poor guy's gotten like rejected and broken (laughs) up with twice. So he accused me of using him for sex. Hmm. Oh, he really got his feelings hurt. Yeah. I, I mean, and that may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but he was hurt and he said, oh, okay, so you just only wanted sex then. Like once the sex stopped, 
like you didn't even want me to be in your life. And I mean, to a point, that's true. I mean, I, I mean, I wanted him to be a part of my life. And then we both, this is what I said, Joe. I said, listen, I said, that's not really fair to say. I said, we became friends. We knew exactly what it was when we decided to do this. Mm -hmm. We were very open with communication the whole way. I said, I can't help that I lost the feelings that I had. And then I told you that and I was open with you. And then I told you again that I needed space, that I was feeling overwhelmed. And then you asked me to tacos and then I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And I said, and I'm really sorry that I agreed to do that. And I said, but to say that I was only using you for sex, like that's not, that's not fair because Mm -hmm. we, it was a consensual agreement between the two of us. Sure. And people are allowed to change their feelings. (laughs) Sure. So he was like, you're right. That wasn't, that wasn't fair to me to say, but anyway, I don't need to air this whole thing out, but essentially we came to, you know, an understanding and he was like, obviously, you know, I'll still say hi to you if I see you. And I was like, great. Cause I feel the same way. I think you're a really great person. And, um, and that's that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like his reaction was coming from this place of like, oh, so you don't like, like me at all as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And once you sort of reassured that, you know, yeah. what I'm curious, what do you think would have happened if you went back in a time machine and at that moment where he asked you to tacos and your first instinct was, I don't want to do that. And like sort of the, the this new you that is setting boundaries mm-hmm. would have said no mm-hmm. in some way. But old you came out and so you agreed and then had to backpedal. What do you, how do you think it would have played out if in that moment you just said no? Well, I think there's two playing outs here. Mm -hmm. I think one old, old me would have just done it. True. Okay. Right. Yep. yep, So this is the newer ish me (laughs) that that then said what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know because he's obviously feeling hurt and, and, I think he really, really liked me. And that was part of me being like, ah, I could feel that. And, and I think there was maybe a little bit of clinging on because Mm -hmm. he could feel me pulling away. Yeah. And I, so if I had said, no, I don't want to, I don't know what would have happened. It could have had the same response. I, I really want our listeners to weigh in and maybe we do like an Instagram poll or something like that, because you and I have different views on something. Which is that it's really hard for you to have things like left unsaid. So you're like, if I actually don't see myself hanging out with this person as a friend, I need to have a conversation in which I say, I don't see myself hanging out with you as a friend. I sometimes feel like, so like, okay, ghosting people is not okay, but sometimes a tactful, like cooling out, like sort of sending them the implicit messages right of like you know oh hey sorry can't get tacos like super busy this week like blah blah blah. without then sending a follow-up of like we but we should definitely hang soon like you know like i don't need to tell the person i don't want to hang out with you i can just sort of like let them know like like you know like i can tell them that with my actions which is i decline invitations they make and i don't make any invitations back towards them but i i i think that's more cruel because then they're they're you're sprinkling little things of hope when there's no hope i think but i don't think i'm doing that if if i was if i said oh i can't get tacos this week i'm so sorry like maybe that's how well, you get ju- soon yeah but you just said maybe next time or something no like no that. but i said i wouldn't say 
without saying something like, oh, I, let's like hit me up next week or whatever. Yeah, but are you talking about someone that you've spent a month sleeping with? Because I feel like that's a little different. I mean, this guy and I had a very open communication relationship and I felt mm-hmm. like he, I owed it to him to be really upfront and honest with him so that he didn't keep reaching out hoping for a different outcome for me to then just not be really honest with what's going on. Yeah, no, I'm not finding fault with what you did. Um, I just think like you, just, you and you I would, would have two different strategies yeah. and there's the pros and cons goes. to both. Yeah, I mean, I would do the, again, I, like the way I look at it is I'm being sort of like clear with my actions and not sort of breadcrumbing of like, oh, I wish, like, it would be so fun to hang out, like, blah, 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 like, just be like, oh, hey, like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you see people post this stuff of like, you can just say, I can't make it. Like, you don't have to explain a whole thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's okay to just sort of be clear and be like, oh, like, no thanks. Like, yeah, and, and I have done that with guys in the past. I just yeah. felt like this situation was a little different. Yeah, I, I felt like he sense. deserved, like, the truth. I mean, whether he agrees that that's what he wanted to hear or not. Um, I don't think that I was mean about it, but I was very, like, straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is which a, a good which thing. Which, again, was me practicing. Yeah. Like, just being like, no, this is actually what I want, and here's why. Yeah. You know. But anyway, what what's going on with you? Yeah, something I realized this week is I've had a lot of, like, stress in my work life and up and down emotional stuff in my work life and personal life. And so... I, I just identified for myself this week, like, I don't think I've ever been this, like, sort of depleted. And you texted me in the middle of the week or, you know, at some point, like, you were just checking in on me, which was really great. And I think I was like, hey, I got nothing for anyone. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you asked me about plans on Friday. And mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot see another human being on Friday. I'm, like, desperately trying to survive this work week and like teaching my class, which I teach Thursday night, like I've, I've got nothing for anyone. And um, so I spent like this weekend, like sort of by myself, like just trying to rest, like take care of myself. And, you know, people who have been listening lately know that I was like talking to someone that I was really excited about. And then we like, you know, we live far apart. We spent a weekend together a couple weeks back um, and I sort of said the same thing to her, you know, I said, and, and, and to be honest, I think a lot of it too is, you know, for also for people who don't know, like I lost my dad in January and I'm always someone who like, doesn't, I don't feel things head on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a, a ways away for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's like, it, there's like waves there's, it comes in different layers, mm-hmm. like spread out over like a long time. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I know that that is playing a role here too. And if I'm being really honest, I think that played a role in me getting infatuated with this person. I mean, like, it's also true that, like, she's great. And, like, Mm -hmm. we just happened to meet at this time. And, like, um, but I think I got, like, I let things get a little bit ahead of what feels safe for me probably because mm-hmm. I've been at like a fragile emotional place, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like dipping back into old patterns because of that or whatever. And so, um, but we, you know, 
I sort of said that to her of like, I, I don't really think I have anything to offer anybody right now. I, I, I didn't even say I don't think. I said, I don't have anything to offer yeah. anybody right yeah. now. And I said, but I also wanted to say, because it was true, like I'm not closing the door on anything, but I just need you to know where I'm at. Because also like trying to show up mm-hmm. when I really can't, I think would just kill any chance of a future if there ever, you know, if there what like whatever chance of a future mm-hmm. there there still is, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I said to her, like, I, it would be totally understandable if, like, you don't, you know, like, if you want to close the door, mm-hmm. you're under no obligation to, like, wait around for me to figure out my shit. Um, and she was like, no, I really appreciate you telling me. And, you know, I'm, I'm super bummed, but also I don't want to close the door either. So mm-hmm. I'm just sort of in, like... Like, literally, it felt like I I was in, like, emergency fucking survival mode of, mm-hmm. like, shut all the systems down, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I'm, like, sort of still needing to be there for a little while. I don't know. Yeah. Is that weird? No. I mean, I I mean, I think that you, you go through this every now and then where mm-hmm. you do need just, like, a shut off. Because I think, I think like you said, like you tend to be a people pleaser. So you put people's needs first and you know, like even with your dad's passing, you were, you were, you know, checking on your family and Mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of the like legal stuff and estate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, like talking with this really great person and then, you know, you're kind of thinking about her needs and, um, and I think that, yeah, I think I think it's good. I mean, I think you're aware of it, and I feel like you've communicated it, and then you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, enjoy this interview, and we'll see you at the end. Okay, so we have an amazing guest on the show with us. He is the co-host of the Sum It Up with the Sumners podcast. He also just debuted an album, I Know Who I Am, which debuted number one in the country and number two globally. Thank you for coming on the show, Damon Sumner. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, You got me feeling good with that intro. I feel good today. Um, I appreciate it. Excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, we're just so happy to have you. And um, I just wanted to have our listeners get to know you a little bit more. So tell us as in detail or little details you want, like what is your story? Sure, sure. So uh, oldest of three boys, um, single mom, Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, And so I think my story starts with the fact that I come from a really strong family, uh, really tied together, united family who love to laugh, who love to make jokes. I'm the oldest of three boys. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that came with that. But me and my two younger brothers, we used to cut up. We used to we used to have so many belly laughs. Uh, and that's the foundation of when you talk about career wise of why I am where I am today. We would we would get Capri Suns and Star Crunch and Little Debbie snacks and lay in the bed on a weekend night and just tell jokes to each other and make fun of anybody who wasn't in the room. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just the best. It was just the best. Um, cut forward to me growing up really quick uh, as the oldest. Um, and I get to, we move, we move around a lot. We moved to 16, 17 different apartments, uh, growing up. Um, mom, you know, just taking care of us, Texas, Louisiana, back and forth. Um, get to high school 
Um, I meet uh, this cool girl freshman year, Katoya. Uh, we don't talk again until senior year. Wrote in two different circles. I was more of a AP class, cool, funny guy who hung out with my my appropriate age kiddo. She was a you know a really cute uh, singer who wore heels to PE. So we were in different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so uh, I find out that uh, she kind of digging me. Uh, I had lost a little bit of weight. I cut my braids off, so I was kind of a new 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 senior coming in. <laughs> and, um, and so I, and I'm kind of giving you a little bit of family and marriage, but um, we'll, I'm sure we'll hit different things. And so senior year, I find out that Katoya, you know, she's kind of got a little thing for me, which I was like, that's, I haven't seen her in a few years, but that's what's up. I'm here for it. Um, I've never had a girlfriend. I'm here for it. And so <laughs> I get a number and I'm, I'm going to have you guys take a guess. Just a, I'm a senior in high school. It's 2000 and five i text her two words on a wednesday night just any guess a high school senior what would be two words i would text this young lady i'm feeling on a sunday night <laughs> it is a sunday night yeah um what's up my well yeah my my i think my first guess was you up <laughs> <laughs> well 2005 that wasn't a thing yet i That's guess true. That's by true. the way i also was a senior in 2005 Wow, look at, look at you guys. Okay. Yeah, so I'm like really trying to like connect <laughs> with what this is right now. Because um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Nokia phone. I've got Snake 3D. I've got Bricks. <laughs> okay, can you give <laughs> us, like, can you give us like a hint? Because I really want to guess this. Sure. Okay, well, so I grew up with a lot of structure, very sheltered. So it's, it's more formal than you're giving it. There's no swag here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm the oldest, three boys, first generation. A lot of formality here with these two words. Um, <laughs> to whom this may concern. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. it's about that close. I really? It is. I text her, "Hello, ma'am." <laughs> oh, yes, that's, that's great. This eighteen-year-old lady, <laughs> "Hello, ma'am." That's like a, that's like a, a like a slightly less cringy than like milady. It's like <laughs> you're like almost at that at that level. You know, I had I didn't have any moves. You know, she's my only girlfriend. And so, you know, I was just trying to be respectful. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we 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 hit the ground running. Uh, we get together on graduation day. We go to the same college. We end up getting married going into our senior year of college. We get married in college. Um, and and that same. Same. She got, yeah, she got married before she graduated college too. Yeah. But I think the outcome is a little different. Like, keep going. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we, we hit the ground running. We're married, uh, loving life. We graduate, move to Atlanta, mix it up, do something different. Uh, one of the best decisions we ever made. And, you know, life goes on. And I, um, we, we, we have three beautiful kids. We get a chance to travel a little bit. We live in China for a year and a half. Um, and, and we kind of go back and forth and then we, we kind of lay here, uh, in Atlanta as our home. So that is just kind of on the family marriage side, a little bit mm -hmm. of who I am. I've, I, I have so many, like, there's so many things that could go off of this, sure. but I'm going to insert, I listened to your whole special, which was really funny, by the way, everybody should go listen to it. And when you mentioned you lived in China, I just thought of the whale blubber. 
that was that was 100 true and it was all accurate it uh I, I wouldn't recommend it i mean try it once but after that you're good you were in china for a while right I did, did I you lived, ever eat whale blubber no i lived in china for six months in 2003 okay so okay. Yeah, yeah what is it is the texture i just think of whale blubber as like a big goop of booger yeah. Yeah, it was it was like if you ever tried to eat the inside of your mattress, it was just like, oh, like it was not <laughs> there was no texture, really. It was it was like a, a outdated Play-Doh. Mm. Not good. Not good. So, well, so I'm really curious, was there a time, you know, like you talked about, obviously, comedy being so central to your life. But was there a time where you like. We're thinking about doing something else professionally or what really kind of tipped you into like doing mm -hmm. that as mm -hmm. like your profession, right? As your career. Sure. sure. Be my yeah. um, so, <laughs> uh, so I grew up um, loving sports, loving writing. Um, and so when I found out I wasn't going to be six feet, I was like, all right, well, we're going to put football. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's combine, let's combine our passion for sports and our ability to write. So four years of high school, four years of college, it was all about me becoming a sports journalist. ESPN was the dream mm -hmm. job for eight years straight. I did, you know, college TV, college radio. And I was like, yo, bet. Senior year of college, I'm really realizing really quickly that, oh, man, there's more like news news I got to get into to get to what I want. And I, I just was like, ah, actually, I'm good. And so uh, I graduate and um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm in Atlanta this time. I've got DVDs. I'm going to stations on foot, dropping off DVDs. That's how that's what we talking about. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was like, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do. You know, I'm a husband. I'm married. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm kind of at the crossroads. And so what happens to a couple things happen. Uh, so 2010 is literally one of the craziest years of my life. In 2010, I become a father. I start teaching, which was such a, a blessing because of the foundational stability. And then I started stand up all in 2010. And mm -hmm. so I'm, um, I'm working at a job in Georgia where I have to like pretty much wrestle boys and girls. It's this facility where they live and they've been, you know, abused and neglected and they've got a lot of things going on. And it's just, it's bananas. And one day I'm sitting, working with a guy and he's got this book and it's just like this teaching certification book. I'm like, what's this? He was like, trying to become a teacher. And I was like, I like history. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of wrestling 16 year old boys over here for $10 an hour. Let me make it. <laughs> you know I mean? And so, I get certified, this alternative certification to teach. And that's earlier in 2010, become a father in January, 2010. And so I'm at this point where I feel like, and it's not an age thing, but I feel like everyone at least once, twice, three times, you look left and you look right, it's like, what's next, right? And so, you know, um, got this infant, you know, you know, college graduates were supposed to be trying to figure out this American dream. And it's about probably the summer of 2010, I'm hanging out with some friends. We're laughing, cutting up. And somebody, I've got one of my best friends now, who is my right-hand man in comedy as well. We're all, we're all in this big circle and we're laughing. And somebody, I don't remember who this person is, which is frustrating. But they say, hey, y'all are hilarious. Have you ever thought about stand-up? I had never thought about stand-up comedy as a possibility, as an interest, as a hobby. Uh, side note, a lot of times when you talk to comics, many times, 
They'll talk about, you know, if they're my age or older, around my age or whatever. They'll talk about, oh, yeah, you know, I used to watch a lot of SNL or late night shows or my mom played Carlin Records. My dad had prior going. Had none of that. Grew up in a very sheltered home, right? So we weren't going to have any of that Kings of Comedy cussing in our house, okay? Um, and so didn't really watch it. Didn't really know a lot about it. No, I love comedy and laughter. Shout out to TGIF and Fresh Prince and Martin and all that <laughs> and all the hits. Um, but that was it. So when he threw this out, have you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy in the middle of these crossroads? I was like, we'll try it. And... Uh, <laughs> And my main man, David, David Perdue, great comic in Atlanta. We signed up for our open mic in Atlanta, October 27, 2010. Show goes great. And honestly, the rest is history. And um, and so from that, from that October 27th on, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life is to be able to bring joy, bring laughter to people. Um, let's let's go make this happen. OK, my first thought after this is I miss TJF. Talk about it. Can we talk about that? It's, it's so like, it was like the best thing. So good. So That's many true. Shows. Like, yeah, like there's probably nothing, like what do kids, like middle school kids and stuff today, like what do they get excited for? TikTok. On the weekend. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, but it's not like, because like you knew everyone else was watching the yeah. same shows you were watching. Yes. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. a connect, it was a bond. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, from Family Matters to Sabrina Teenage Witch to Step by Step. I mean, it was it was an event. Really, when you talk about old school TV, it was like, oh, seven to nine Friday night. This is the event that most specifically Americans going to sit down and watch by yourself with your family. And nowadays you can have 28 people in a classroom. I'm teaching now because of the pandemic and they could be on 20 different interests, 28 different shows, 28 different mm -hmm. apps. And but we had we had a connected moment for mm -hmm. sure. I, I wasn't allowed to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> oh, because of the witchcraft? Yes. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people missed out on that and Harry Potter. That was an era where it was like none of that black magic in my house. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, that, and that was going to be one of my questions for you, Damon. Like you talked about, you know, not having like comedy records with cussing in them and stuff like that. Like was was faith a big part of that and like also like how do you approach your comedy now like do you try to stay like very kind of clean and family oriented or mm, great question great question so faith was a huge piece of it um and so that was something that you know as a family like my mom growing up our religion christianity that was something that she was like, yo, we, we're going to have a lot. Like, I couldn't say word shut up. I couldn't say dang. I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't say a lot of things uh, growing up, you know. And what's interesting as I started comedy, which every comic has this journey of figuring out their voice, right? And there's this, this evolution over time. You kind of start comedy like a sponge. You kind of sound like a a broken record where you really just sound like your favorite comics the first little while because you're like you just watch and listen to you know who they are and sound similar to a degree but as you kind of progress on in your career you continue to find your voice and i think one of the biggest things for myself was making sure that i was going to be authentically me right and that was funny or not i just had to make sure i was who i am off stage where i'm on stage and i could live with anything else and for myself, authentically, me, I am comparatively, when you look at other comics on the lineup, a cleaner comic, right? That's just authentically who I am. 
And, you know, there's not a, it's not better, it's not less, it's not more funny, it's not more difficult. It's just a different perspective, right, on the craft, on the art. And so for myself, I think it has given me a lot of opportunities, if I'm honest, just in my career. One, because I'm maximizing who I am and they're going to get the best show possible. They're going to get the best performer because I'm not trying to put on a front for you. I'm going to be who I am, right? Two, you know, there's an element of just on the business side, and we ain't got to get deep in it, but on the business side, it just opens more doors, right? When you're talking about network television or you're talking about corporate gigs and other events, this, that, and the other, it has created more opportunities for me to work my craft as well. So um, it did play a part, um, but at the end of the day, I was just like, if this is who I really am, yo, just hone it, and it's worked out for me so far. That's awesome. Yeah, I really, I really like that because I think – I think what a lot of people can get out of that is as long as you're true to yourself, it doesn't really matter what side of the spectrum you're on. But like, if you're presenting yourself exactly as you are, then people are going to relate to you. Yeah. If it's like, and, and I can relate to the like sounding like other comics in the beginning until you found, found your voice. Cause like, I feel like that's how the podcast was like in the podcast, in the beginning of the podcast, I was trying to be like, girls got to eat. And yeah. then I realized I don't really like them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, like <laughs> and that they're like not the greatest but um but then I kind of like I figured out like with Jared's help and we kind of figured out like who we are yeah. um and and then that's what that's what draws the right audience so maybe the other thing draws an audience but you want the right audience yeah no you you want I mean you know I I can't wait for the day and I'm gonna go ahead and just you know, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. Like when I'm in a theater, people who are there to see me because they bought in and they rock with me. You know what I mean? And you just can't beat that. Whether it's a podcast, album, whatever it is, people who can identify, who can relate. And even if you can't relate, you can respect, right? Like even if you go on a completely different side, which I've had many times people will come up, you know, who talk different, live different, look different, but it's like, yo, I respect the crowd. And at the end of the day, my biggest thing is that I want to make you laugh and funny is funny. So you could be the darkest comic. You could be the bluest comic. You could pull a, 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 a puppet out your hat. I don't care what you do. But if you got that crowd rocking, every comic can relate that it's all good. So at the end of the day, that's that's where I hang my hat. Okay. I thought about doing comedy. You should. I, I don't I, I've thought about it and like I've started like writing some things down, but I don't even know like I don't even know how to put like something together and it seems really scary and really intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should do like a how to become a comic. <laughs> should, I should do a workshop. It's it's, should. Not, it's it's um it's not a game. It's a real skill in it and there's a variety of ways to do it. I think a lot of people I, personally I feel that social media has showed everyone that like 98% of people like are funny. Like, like oh, I can never do. No, a lot of people are funny, but there's a skill to the craft. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When you get in yeah. front of 80 people who pay for parking, most of them got a babysitter. They put on a new shirt. There's a two drink minimum. They want to eat wings. They haven't had a date night in three months. And there's expectations to make you laugh. There's mm -hmm. a skill and a craft to it. You know what I mean? This isn't just your seven best friends on a Saturday night with some mojitos. So, you know, all that plays a part. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into that workshop. But I, def I definitely think there's something to communication, right? Especially as a podcaster, being able to, you know, with your wit, with your charm, with your charisma, craft things and just kind of learn some of that. I don't think it hurts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. 
<laughs> I feel like I want to pivot back to relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's go there. Pivot, pivot back, Jared, because I'll take us down a road. I mean, because you've been, so you've been, uh, you are married to the only girlfriend you've ever had. Yeah. yeah. And so you've been in, in this committed relationship since your senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And first girlfriend, first, like, sexual partner? Everything. Okay. All right. Yeah, all the first. Okay. Wow. I, I don't even know what the question okay, is. So the qu- okay. So, <laughs> well, because Jared and I are so jaded from the, the world. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I had the same experience, right? And I guess maybe, like, can you take us through, like, how have you made this like, what was the beginning of the relationship? How have you made it work? Because yeah. this seems like it's not that common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, let's see. Let's start. Let's start with from the jump of college in the sense of us first getting married, right? Where there's this element of this level of newness. And and so her, her folks and my folks, it was already just kind of this great support for us to make it happen our in-laws are great so we we really have this this really strong foundation just as a whole so that support system is really strong so that's that's a big picture that's a big piece for us um and then to kind of really dive in a little further deep from how have we been able to make it work um i think one of the biggest things for us is that like we both really enjoy seeing when I win, she wins. When she wins, I win, right? So when you win, we win. And so that has been one of our biggest mantras, one of our biggest foundations. And so like right now, like she's going out of town. She's been out of town a lot. She's a fitness instructor and really kind of building her brand and building her world. So like we're pushing each other with ambitions and with goals and with dreams. And so this excitement uh, and this desire to see each other be great is really something that has uh, been paramount for us. I would not be where I am as a man uh, and definitely not as a comedian if it not has not been for Katoya's support. Her support specifically, sacrifice, you know what I mean, compromising for me um, and now especially kind of as her career is picking up, flipping it as well, uh, has been has been amazing. You know what I mean? And so that has been something that you know, I don't take for granted because I, I know a lot of comics who are in a committed, exclusive relationship that, you know, they don't say the same thing that I'm able to say. You know what I mean? And so there's that element on that support side. Um, and then, you know, I mean, just being straight up, I don't know if this sounds hallmark, but like we just love being together. Like it's there is an element of joy and fun that we've been fortunate to have in our relationship. And that's really one of the biggest things we really try to fight for. Like we, we, I could talk your ear off all day about why our kids go to bed at a specific early time. And while we fight for date nights, like that time for fighting for our relationship is number one for us. And I think that for 17 years together, 14 years married is a huge reason why. Mm. Uh, you know, Erin, when we had Erin on the show, she said the same thing. She's been with her husband for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what makes their marriage like they love each other. They have a great sex life and they attribute it to putting their kids down early for yeah. bed. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, because, wow. yeah, because then you can't. I, I don't think you can say listen to the guy who's never been married. Talk about <laughs> how to make it work. But, but, but from hearing you and her, I mean, it's it makes so much sense that. How can you sustain a intimate connection with someone where you're just 
partners in this project of raising kids and keeping the house clean and keeping food in the fridge. And then the kids go to bed and then you're so exhausted, you knock out too. Like you have to have that time where you're both not totally depleted at the end of the day to, to just nurture that intimacy, that connection with each other. Mm-hmm. That, that is absolutely it. Like married or not in a relationship or not, like as adults, y'all know juggling is half the battle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, that's just from work to friends, to spiritual, to emotional, to hobbies you're trying to pick up, to being a good son or daughter. Like there's so much you're trying to got a pet, trying to keep your plants alive. Like we got 18 things juggling. Then if you got, if you throw in kids and you throw in a partner, you're like, whoa, right? Throw in a commute. You're like, what? Um, and so specifically just from on the parental side, like there is such a big piece of not letting our kids run our marriage, which is such an important thing that you'll see a lot of times in a relationship will just start crumbling away that fire, that fun, that joy. And so I forgot where I learned it, heard it years ago, but there's really kind of um, there's this element of face to face. Um, there's side to side and there's back to back when you think about relationships. And so back to back is like you're just like ships just in the wind in the nighttime passing, you know, at best your roommates, you know, side to side, you're like business partners. Things are OK. You know, things don't have, you ain't got that spark right now. And don't get it twisted. Like you'll go through the ebbs and flow of being in these different phases. Right. But where you want to be more times than not is that face to face, that intimacy, those belly laughs. Right. Those inside jokes that in, that that physical, that holistic intimacy there that plays a part. And so, I mean, my son is 12. My two girls are five and seven. Um, and their bedtime now, we just made it eight o'clock, was 7.30 for the last 11 years. One, biologically, you need your rest, so go to sleep. Two, we've hung out for hours. What else are we talking about? Go to sleep. Um, and three, most importantly, I got to hang out with my boo, my number one. Um, and so I want to have energy. She wants to have energy, whether that's us, you know, having sex or whether that's us eating ice cream and watching Bridgerton again, whatever it is, like we want to have that time. And so that's absolutely important. That's really great analogy that the back to back with that back to back side to side and then face to face. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Absolutely. How, like, what is the worst time that you've had in your marriage? Because it can't all be rainbows and roses, oh, right? Not at all. Yeah. Uh, I, said, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely been a few. Um, as much as we love China, China was one of our hardest for sure, because just all, I mean, you're building, you're building from scratch and every, most things that we had was taken away, right? The community, the friends, the relationships, the hobbies, like, so that was really you know, and we're still young in marriage at that time, too. Like we go to we get married, you know, what I'm saying um, in 2008, we're in China in 2012. We've got a two and a half year old. We're in a new world. We don't speak the language. Right. So it, it, amazing highs. But that was definitely a hard time from talking about communication to conflict, not really having people that you can lean on. If I want to call you, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm going to vent, you know what I'm saying, to Jared and Leanna here, but y'all sleep. So I can't really call y'all because we're on different mm-hmm. time zones. And so there was this really, it was a really hard time for us, especially early in our marriage where, you know, we just had to figure out a lot of things. Now, in hindsight, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> in the moment, it was trash because it really helped us figure out us, right? Build that core. 
build a lot of our pillars, if you will, to help make our marriage what it is now, you know, 10 years later down the line where we, it was just us as a family of three at that time. And so, yeah, that was really hard, right? We didn't have the friends to lean on. We didn't have the community around us. We didn't have the activities and things of that nature that you kind of can rely on. Oh, let's go do this. Let's hit our favorite bar. Let's, you know, boom, boom, boom. It was like building from nothing. Um, I think another time that was really hard for us was after our second uh, kid, um, when, and Katoya would tell you this as well, um, you know, I was really kind of beginning, we moved back to China, Texas for a year to get on our feet, back to Atlanta. And second kid is here, comedy's kind of picking up, travel's beginning to pick up, I'm teaching full time. And this was kind of a phase where it was kind of back to back, side to side at best. And on top of that, Kachoya, as <clears throat> I'm, I'm using her words, I'm not going to speak because I'm not a woman, but like she would share that, you know, many things that women can struggle with and wrestle with just as a person and as kind of that identity, mom, woman, like I'm like, I'm home every night. You know what I'm saying? You out in the streets, what's going on? You know what I mean? And so, you know, this real struggle and tension for us to grow on not only a collective level, but also individually. You know, because I had to really kind of look in the mirror as a man, as a husband, as a father and kind of really kind of process through. And so those those were two times that come to mind where we just kind of really had to process and have hard conversations. I mean, vulnerable, open hearted, tearful conversations. Um, but again, it was all it was all they were all stepping stones to to where we are now. If only I feel like I feel like. How many, I feel like this is like, do you guys feel, okay. <laughs> I'm lost for words. Are you guys both really secure people? Like, did you come from really secure homes and families? I would, I would say, yeah. You know what okay. I mean about her and, and myself? Well, probably, yeah. Have you guys ever done like couples therapy? Uh, no, we haven't. I mean, we did, you know, premarital, but like post-marriage, She's in some, um, she has a therapist now that's probably been going for like mm, three, three to four months, but, but not really, no. So you've just been able to create like really safe space for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I guess so. You know, it's, it's, here's, so here's, here's one of the biggest things that we talk about, uh, on our podcast as well. Marriage, exclusive relationship, right? When you're putting two people period, together. And they're saying, hey, we want to go the long haul. It seems absurd on paper. We, we have this thing where like, it seems crazy. Like, hey, I'm going to take you and you, two different backgrounds, two different ways of life, two different perspectives. Your view on money is crazy. My view on money is stupid, right? You grew up, you know what I'm saying, uh, with a single kid. I had six brothers and we shared everything. We're going to put together at 22 and be like, yeah, let's make this work for 80 years. Like, it sounds insane. Um, and so... Just, I think for us, we've just really been trying, not, not all ups, we know this, but we just really have been trying to create um, a home, you know what I'm saying, for lack of better words, where I think use safe space is a great word, but also just a spot where like, we really also come from families as well, like that really try to uplift and encourage more times than not. Mm -hmm. um, when we got married, like, it was all love, like 21, no real money. Like I, I proposed to Katoya when I was making like $70 a month as a resident assistant in college. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
But it was like, oh man, y'all y'all love each other. This the plan. This what y'all want to do. And that backing and that support, like it just ignites to the fire. And so we've just kind of taken that, and you know, are are grateful just for where we are, um, because we know it's not everybody's story. But we are we are grateful for for the the life we've kind of built. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about that. That's something you've sort of talked about a lot, which I think is really powerful. This this idea of how important having a supportive like community, like family that are like, you know, like there's a part in a lot of wedding services where they ask the people in the audience, they're like, hey, like your job yeah. is to support this union, right? Um, and like, you know, most of us are like, yep, sure, sounds good, you know, but, but to, you know, but to have, have family and friends and strong community around you that like really does that well. I mean, because one of the, you know, one of the statistics is like, I think arranged marriages in cultures where they traditionally do that have like a lower divorce rate than like American marriages, right? Sure, sure. Um, because they're supported by the people that are putting them together. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, like a, a lot of people theorize that's part of why, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And like my ex-husband and I, like we got married super young, had no money. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not have a secure attachment style. He did not have a secure attachment style. His family hated me, <laughs> like hated me. We got thrown like with just like one thing after another right at the beginning of our marriage. And our marriage was just always hard. It was just always hard. And so you, you put that on people and like it, yeah, the, the, like, thank God we didn't have kids. Can you imagine? Like that would have just been another not easy thing um, that we would have gone through that we would have not managed well, because we couldn't even manage life well without kids. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, that foundation for us has really been, you know, and I, let me like, it's not just blood family, like just the friends in general, right. The community we've built, especially here in Atlanta, when we moved to Atlanta, um, you know, we had a few friends kind of quickly, but just kind of built that community around us where, you know, it's just paramount where, you know, we talk about having that, that inside circle to, you know, hang with like Katoya, you know, she's, She's my number one, right? But I, I've got to have friends outside of her. She can't be my everything, right? And vice mm -hmm. versa. And so having that inner circle when I vent, when I ask for insight, when I'm looking for advice, right? Um, you know, because we've seen in 14 years together, you know, three, four, four of our friends, you know, get divorced, which, you know, it is what it is. And we're just like, man, you know, like that. that is something that, Nobody, when nobody walks down the aisle, right, be like, yeah, I'll probably be divorced in about six, seven years. No, you are, <laughs> like, but that is the reality of it. And it's fine. You know, I come from divorce. Like, it, it's all good. Um, but like, that's not the mindset you're walking down the aisle with. You know what I mean? And so I think just that that foundation has just been huge for us. Like the in-laws, you know, they've been to my shows, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like when we moved to China, you know, it was just like, like, it's just weird. I don't, we're probably a minority in this. Like, it was just like, go, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just been amazing. And we don't, we don't, we don't take it for granted. That's awesome. Let, so, oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, let's talk about your sex life. Let's do it. So what is it like? What is your routine? <laughs> 
He pumps in, won't pump out. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's like, um, yeah, I, I think like, uh, how do you, how do you make sure that that is like a healthy part of your relationship? Yeah, well, yeah. first of all, how often do you guys have sex? Sure. Yeah. Uh, present tense. Uh, you know, it's interesting because when we first started sex drives, Victoria had more, I was less, you know, and then it, it, it's kind of flipped like seven, seven, seven years. She was a top dog. Now I'm top dog I think <laughs> right now. And I'm answering your question because I'm gonna give you a hard number. I want to give you a hard number. Well, something that has been interesting when I talk to people about their sex life, one, it's one of the most taboo, awkward moments people don't want to talk about, at least in my world. I can't speak for your world. Uh, it's like, I'd rather talk about my money and my politics, but my sex life, shh, 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 shh. And uh, I'm like, no, nah, I want to know. Do you do doggy style? That's what I want to know. And so <laughs> um, what's been interesting is I think we've come to a place where we both have a better perspective on what healthy sex life means for us. And that was where we had a big disconnect, right? And there's an element of number and volume, right? But also what we were looking for in satisfaction. So to answer your question now, 2022, I think we're probably averaging, you know, you got three weeks out of four, this whole joke I'm trying to work on about sex math. You really only get like 11 days out of a month, but we could talk about that maybe later. Um, I think right now we're probably got two, two to two is good. Three is a great week. In the three weeks we really have, that's kind of where we are right now as we're recording this. What is this? April, 2022. That's what we feel is like, yo, we're, that was a good week. Um, so yeah. Did that answer your I'm I, yeah. And I'm glad you logged that. So you can go back and listen to this episode in a year and, you know, remember <laughs> exactly. And see where it is. We, so, we, um, oh, go ahead. oh, no, you guys do not have period sex. Uh, we do. We do. It just depends. I mean, we're not in the in the belly of the beast, but on the front end and on the back end, you know, listen, we'll. Listen now, we'll turn the lights off and just and just go with the flow. Yeah, put a dark towel on the bed and brother, and, come on now. You know, we do got the a bunch of extra sheets from Bed Bath and Beyond closing sale. So you know what's up. One time I had period sex with an ex and I thought I was lighter. And it was like a massacre. <laughs> oh, I've had that. Yeah. I had an experience with that. Yeah. And it was actually real so okay, this is this is mine's gonna be like a weird story, but I'm yeah. having sex with my girlfriend at the time who's on her period and um you know we, we put the dark towel down. and like i knew and at some point i'm like adjusting or whatever so i i like go to adjust myself with my hand and then i uh i guess i was on top and i put my hand on the wall of the headboard, <laughs> and there's like a bloody handprint on the headboard i like i like look up and i and i see it uh and then kind of like we started laughing about it, which sort of made it, which was cool and kind of, yeah. but then it was kind of hot. So then I like smeared a bunch like across her chest and stuff like that. Wow. We were doing the whole thing. You're like, did you do like one underneath <laughs> We should have. We should have like painted our faces. Painted out here gargling. I respect yeah. you, brother. Be free. Be free. Yeah, I mean, why not? Have, have fun with it. Well, I, actually, and one, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Damon, is like, you know, because I think you talked about that, like how you're both approaching your sex life and your intimacy. Mm -hmm. And like, I have a lot of friends who are in heterosexual marriages mm. and the stereotypical thing that I think can happen in a lot of them 
is like the man's approach is like hey hey will you allow me to get on top of you and get off you know it's kind of like hey i i, I want this for me you know what i'm saying like they, they have this like Ooh. you know hey like will you let me do this oh and and i think and i think the you know like women appropriately like if if i could just get some of my straight male friends to understand like if you approach it of like hey let's just connect and have some kind of physical intimacy oh. and like it's kind of like like let's invite each other to a cool place of like openness and vulnerability and connection um and like just see what happens there like i feel like that approach is so much more successful mm -hmm. yeah you know? yeah it, it, i'm gonna be honest with you this is it boils my blood this right here this this right here is is such an issue in general couple things if i if i may number mm -hmm. one if somebody's whether it's your favorite restaurant favorite album whatever favorite park if you enjoy it you're gonna want to come back so i i already don't know from mm -hmm. a mindset perspective specifically generally speaking let me add my modifiers right when it comes from that mindset let me kind of get mine i hope you get yours big dog you go nobody's go if i'm not enjoying myself I, maybe i don't even need to get to the mountaintop maybe i don't even need the climax but i at least want to enjoy the fact that i'm here you know what i'm saying and if that's not it why would i want to return you know what i mean yeah so already the mindset the perspective to me always boggles me i'm like yo make sure they're having a good time and then everybody wins that's number one number two i really feel like this is me i don't know if anybody else feels the way listening but like sure making it climaxing fantastic hooray hooray but for me i feel more satisfaction when she climaxes i feel like top dog godzilla ain't got nothing on me you can't tell me anything so i'm i'm feeling fantastic like i've got i've got the batteries going the lights are going the music's popping off out here my fingers are tied everything's working so that i can get <laughs> that feeling right mm -hmm. now it, it's not gonna take a lot for me so don't know where i'm not even coming in with my mindset I, this boop, boop, we good over here I'm coming in here ready to put my hard hat on and ready to go to work over here because it feels great to get her there. Right. And so I think that is when you were talking, I was just getting frustrated. I'm sweating yeah. right now thinking about it because I, I a lot of my homies, a lot of comics in general, society speaking, generally speaking, that is a mindset. I'm just like, fellas, I don't think y'all are thinking about it from the right way. If they're having a good time, they'll want to have more good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, which, and, and I, I love that you talked about some of that is sort of being a good partner and giving your partner orgasms, right? And sort of all the mechanics of pleasing the other person. But you also talked about like, well, there's ways to have a good time that aren't related to that, which I, I think it can be like just like feeling seen and feeling mm -hmm. cared about and yeah. having moments of actual like tenderness and connection as opposed to like oh I, I like i don't even know if this other person notices that i'm here they're just yeah. kind of doing their thing yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's i don't know what what okay. do you think about that yeah, yeah well see this is interesting for me because 
I get turned on by the guy finishing. Do you? Yeah. Like well, I if I, like, could, if I could just ask why. Well, I think there's a few reasons. I th- I think one because I was in a relationship for so long where I didn't orgasm. Mm. And so and the only way that I was able to then was by getting a toy because a friend sent it to me. Mm-hmm. And then my ex-husband didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And so then it kind of turned into like, okay, well, it was just about him every time <clears throat> until we then kind of got into a rhythm and worked the toy into the bedroom. Um, but I, I think for me, it's a, a little bit of like, like I, I guess I'm just like a pleaser first than like a receiver. So like I have a hard time with oral, um, I, I think I just feel like I can do it so much better myself. Like no one, no one has gotten it yet. Oh, and so mm. I would rather just do it myself and then mm. like them finish. Mm. That is, that is appreciate you. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, all, that's like stuff that I, I'll have to work out like in a future relationship where there's a lot of safe space, oh. but, um, yeah, which is interesting, but you also shared, you know, that feeling of having a sexual relationship with someone where it doesn't feel like it's about you and that being really like not satisfying. Like when you talked about it in your marriage, it's like, oh, OK, so I guess I'm not allowed. Well, to- I think I think what turns me on about that is because that's what I'm used to. And so it's kind of like. I don't know. It feels like a dichotomy, but it's like, if he finishes that, I know that I've done the job that I'm good at doing that mm. I've done for so many years. Mm. Mm. Are we digging like, when, like I have a really hard time when the guy doesn't finish. Really? Yeah. Which is like not good because that's a stigma on men that like men have to finish during sex. Right. right. But it, it's like hard for me. Like it, it's like disappointing. Okay, well, cause it probably like, I know cause a lot of women, who like it, don't have haven't had that experience before like it really can fuck up their like confidence or does does mm. he like me am i sexy yes. and attractive to him yes. and whatever that's sure. exactly what it is it's like why wasn't i enough for mm. you to like finish mm. because guys typically finish like it's all that you know masculinity bullshit but yeah. it's still like ingrained in my head mm-hmm. even though like it's not it's something i need to work through but it's yeah. like it's there yeah, it, yeah. It it'd be dope for a couple to, you know, that's it's Katoya. <clears throat> uh, one. Uh, so Katoya doesn't um necessarily have all the layers that you kind of shared about yourself, but on the she is in. I'll, I'll be honest, on the ego pride sense, <clears throat> I kind of have to kind of wrestle and kind of grow with this. But she's like, yeah, I don't need. Too, because I do enjoy, you know, satisfying you and, you know, just our moment of tenderness and care, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, I'm like, man, that's great. But also as well, my goal, like I just told you, my number one, my one A is, I, you know, I would love for you to. And so I think there's there's one element of there I kind of had to work on my own self to make sure I'm not coming in as selfless as I'm trying to be. There's still this selfishness, pride of that, you know, kind of her sharing her feelings about me, like not going to like, you know, like I'll, I'll finish and, you know, or or if not, she'll, you know, she'll. You, here's the thing about couples too, like depending on like 
couples and their rhythms and routines. They know, you know what I'm saying, who, what can kind of do it for them, that position, that spot, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, and so if she goes to her finisher, you know, everybody, <laughs> if, she go, if she goes to the close, I'm like, hold on, no, wait, you're trying to, wait, what's happening here? Don't go to that, hold on for a second. I still got a little more in the tank here. She's like, nah, you're good. Just go ahead, you know, whatever. Um, I'm just kind of, I have to check my ego on that in general because I don't also want to put any thoughts on her that that the finish, you know, her finishing, her climaxing necessarily dictates for her, you know, having a good time. And so those are things I have to work on uh, as as well. But I think the other piece of it for, for myself has been interesting. Like with Katoya and I is like, we've also just really have enjoyed the exploration of the intimacy in general right specifically physically um what's this show what's that show with Gwyneth Paltrow on Netflix Goop oh Goop yeah so we watched like the first episode um which it was fine we just haven't gotten back to it you know there's 9,000 shows on but what we did appreciate were the different we did that test the intimacy test um it was like kink and penetration and i can't think of the other but there's three other there's other types and it was really eye-opening fascinating for us and led to good dialogue sex also should have good dialogue before and after in our opinion that goes into it and so we really began to you know add another level of exploration on that where it's like okay let's see what what can happen if we don't work on any penetration tonight or let's work on you know let's play around with adding more kink into um uh our sex life and so i think that also has played a part in us feeling content with uh our sex life our sex number etc is this this openness to exploration yeah i think that's a great way to kind of like pull it together is like it doesn't really you know you could have like well i want her to experience this and i could be like well i want him to experience this but the truth is, is like we have to meet in the middle and be like, right. well, what what is intimacy to you and what is intimacy right. to you? Can we work on that together and create, again, like the safe space for us to like listen to each other because there's ego on both sides. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's sure. ego like, well, she needs to come first. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't need to come. And he I'd prefer him to come. And neither has to happen. And yep. so I think, you know, it's just that it's interesting to explore it because I think our society tells us otherwise. Yeah. You know, Well, and and I think there's people who um, like a lot of like sort of straight women get annoyed at their male partners. If the male partner is so attached to the woman having an orgasm and then if she doesn't, he like pouts or mopes or like whatever. Right. And, and even that, like that can become selfishness that like, Mm -hmm. I need you to get off. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone who can get in my own head with sex, like as soon as you start worrying about the other person's expectations and living up to them, it pulls you out of your body. It pulls you out of just enjoying the moment you're mm-hmm. in and the mm-hmm. physical experience you're having. Yeah. And then it makes it like a thousand times less likely that you are actually going to be able to be in the moment and in your body enough to like, you yeah. know, have that orgasm. I think one thing, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I think one of the, I think one thing that's been helpful for me to fight the ego, to fight staying present is that I feel like over the last few years, we've kind of upped our foreplay game. And that has been um, 
dope. I mean, <laughs> they've been good. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I think there's an element of that because, I mean, just for us, like foreplay does not feel rushed. It doesn't feel like there's a time limit on it. So it could be two minutes. It could be 20 minutes. Maybe we just stay there. You know what I mean? Um, and so there, there has been that. And typically speaking, biologically, like, depending on what you're doing for full play, that can also probably move the goalposts, you know, for the woman as well, you know what I mean, to a degree on a physical sense. So mm-hmm. that is something that's, that's been helpful for us as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, can we talk about like what made y'all start the podcast and like what yeah. kind of stuff do you, do you, yeah. do you all get into on there? Please. Um, so we love, so, you know, we've always loved, um, you know, I'm, I'm a introvert, extrovert, you know, I can definitely be chill. I get on stage, I'll turn up or whatever. Um, but Katoya is a pound for pound, uh, quintessential extrovert. And so it's been a great for us just to kind of have people over. We love having people over. We love crushing couples and game nights. Like it's, we enjoy that. And that's one of the biggest reasons we've ever, that's a big piece of us building community here is just having people, hosting people, et cetera. Pandemic happens and that kind of is gone. And so the podcast starts August 2020, and we wanted to just find ways to just keep having dialogue, conversation, fun, talking about things that we talk about. Like this conversation right here, this is dope. I feel like more people need to have these conversations in their, you know, living rooms, on the couch, with friends, you know what I mean? And so that's why I essentially started. Um, it's been amazing and, and, and quite a journey for us to continue to kind of work together in this close um uh capacity and it's been a lot of fun i mean we talk about everything i can't i mean we we're we just finished a four-part series on sex for february um i mean from money to roles expectation conflict resolution you know parenting like we, we get into everything in that relationship world that again i feel like more we feel that more people should have because it's helpful it's beneficial like I am going to, we are big on taking good ideas. If y'all say something dope, I'm taking it. I'm adding it. If it can Mm -hmm. help us, I'm taking it. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I honestly feel like, you know, it's really interesting too. Like, you know, just in our experience, people will share a lot and give a lot of tidbits. You start trying to pour into somebody on their marriage or their parenting. It's like, whoa, whoa, I got this. I don't know about that, Jeff. You have a degree in theater and your two turtles are dead. I don't know if you, (laughs) you know, like we can... Let's share a little bit. Let's bond a little bit and kind of give a little this for that. You know, maybe, you know, you tell me about toys and they never had toys in a relationship and that takes their relationship to another level. Maybe I share something that we do well for conflict and you try it and that takes your relationship to another level. And so all that to say the podcast was podcast was started to try to kind of bring some of that back to have for it to be a springboard for more healthy dialogue. And um, yeah, it's we've loved it. We're going to hit. 100 episodes in another month or so and it's been a fun journey well what i've listened to has been amazing and you guys should definitely go check it out i loved your take on the will smith slap i appreciate it i appreciate it that was that was an episode it happened that was like the only episode we do that was like current events pop yeah kind of yeah and i was like oh we gotta talk about this because there was such a big element of relationships right 
Keep yeah. my wife's name out your mouth. It's protection. So, but, but thank you. Yeah. Well, we have to wrap this up. I'm so bummed. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. Where can our listeners go find you and support you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can. Um, so the podcast is Sum It Up With The Sumners. Uh, we're on Instagram, Sum It Up Sumners. That's S-U-M. Um, Sum It Up Sumners episodes drop every uh every tuesday morning and then myself i'm also on instagram uh as damon jr2 d-a-m-o-n-j-r the number two amazing you guys should do a spinoff podcast that's called coming with the sumners (laughs) (laughs) c-u-m i'm gonna add that to my my workshop list i got a couple (laughs) things on the to-do list (laughs) all right damon well thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon all right thank y'all all right, guys. Well, make sure to follow us on Instagram at underscore Lena Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez at Hello and Goodbye Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find our Patreon, patreon.com slash Hello and Goodbye Podcast, our YouTube channel. Um, we have, we would have a, <laughs> we have a podcast on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. If you want to go leave us a, a five star rating or review, you can find everything on our website, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com, merch, all of it. Yeah, and uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, Damon, for coming on, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.